Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. LaFondra looking to get close side of Fon. LaFondra away from David. 3-1 running. Three points running. Welcome to another episode of the Elm Park Royal Preview Podcast in association with the Reading Chronicle. As always, I'm here with Matt Joy. How are you doing this week, Matt? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's um, It's got a strange feeling ahead of this game, but... I'm, I'm on a personal level, yes, I'm, I'm all good, thank you, mate. Yeah, I mean, the season ended last weekend, really. But before we get to that, obviously, there is something to address, and that's this weekend's coming boycott. Um, Elm Park Royals will be taking part in that, so um, there won't be as much social media content on our platforms as normal. Well, there won't be any. Um, the club and the wider football world are also taking part. Um, what, what do you think of it, Matt? Is, is it going to make a difference? Um, like, what... Uh, yeah, <laughs> what are you thinking? Sadly, I don't think it would make a difference. I, and that's only because tech companies are putting profits above anything and they're not taking the steps that they need to um, ensure that anonymity is not as easy as to achieve. Um, the disgusting messages that players have received on a weekly basis, uh, it's just baffling in, in this day and age that anyone would think of that let alone think to message someone of that and yeah it's disgusting it's absolutely disgusting what people are the players are receiving and I think you know first and foremost these players are, are people and they they are normal people who are, are very talented at kicking a football but first and foremost they are people um so yeah it's it's a good I think it, I completely agree with the the club's stances and the they are taking that stand to try and ramp up the pressure on the social media companies. I'll also be joining in with the boycott. Um, but unfortunately, it's a case of hopefully this may make the social media companies stand up and take note. But I fear that any they, they, the thing is they could have taken the step so much sooner. And for it to come to this point in the first place is just a, a really sad situation and a sad indictment indictment of the toxic and harmful nature that social media brings out in the in the worst dregs of the society. Yeah, I mean, we could get into a big discussion around this, but I think 
everyone involved with this podcast abhors the kind of racism that has been directed at Liam Moore, directed at various football players and directed at, you know, any anyone, as you, as you say, a, any person in this world should not experience racism or discrimination of any form. So, um, yeah, we, we stand in solidarity with um, anyone who experiences it. And um, ho- hopefully this will make some some kind of uh, impact. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I mean, I'm in a privileged position where I have never been subjected to such abuse, um, to such dehumanising abuse, and I'm, you know, that's such as how I was born. But so I'll never be able to understand it, and be able to understand truly that how it would make you feel as a as a human being. But ultimately, you know, everyone is the same as one another, no matter colour, creed, sex, religion orientation anything we're all human beings and it would just be nice to see a bit more kindness so yeah hopefully that's uh hopefully the players will feel if nothing else the players will feel supported by the wider football community i think that might end up being the best thing that comes out of this yeah absolutely um so going into the football from this weekend uh obviously there wasn't much joy there. The The season is effectively over now. Uh, mathematically, playoffs are not possible. Um, Velko was was pretty dejected after that match, wasn't he? Yeah, and there's been a, a sort of tangible change in his mood in the, in the press conferences that we've done probably since, I'd say since maybe the Barnsley game, the pre-match at Barnsley, he was very optimistic, upbeat, confident. Since then, it's been a sort of, downward slide not only in you know form but in in how he has come across to me personally and that's just how I'm you know obviously taking things in on a, on a human level but yeah he was very dejected and understandably so because you know as I put out Reading had a real opportunity to to create a memorable uh, historic season and all the foundations were there from the from the incredible start whether that came too soon we could argue till the cows come home about that one. But yeah, I think there was a, 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 a there's going to be a period of, I think, self-reflection from him and and some of the players as well, because there, there are plenty of things to be able to build on. And it is important to remember, you know, where we were this time last year. Well, not this time because of obviously the pandemic and what have you, but at this point in the season last year. Um, and, you know, progress has been made and it's progress has been few and far between in recent seasons with Reading. So it is important to remember that. But ultimately, I think if you'd offered, as I said, if you'd offered any Reading fans seventh spot at the start of the season, they were taking it. If you'd offered a seventh spot after the start that Reading made, there would be a, a real sense of disappointment. So it's it's kind of depends on what your what your outlook on life is, whether you're, you know, glass half full or half empty. But I think that was certainly the yeah certainly the sense that I got from Panovic was he was reflective and then yeah dejected yeah i mean there are definitely some that are angry that we didn't make the playoffs after the start um i'm, I'm in the camp kind of like okay we didn't make it but it is an improvement uh, obviously i think everyone is gutted that we didn't make the playoffs and and not happy about the fact that we kind of for want of a better word bottled it um but you were look. You wrote an article this week looking at the kind of reasons behind why we didn't quite make that next step. Um, what 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 did you come up with? Well, I think there's a lot of points, and and I, I would say that I don't think any supporters are wrong to be disappointed and, and even angry that Reading didn't make you know didn't didn't keep the 
form going until the end of the year. Obviously, it wasn't going to be as scintillating as at the start, but to, to be able to maintain that top six spot. Um, I think you've got to think that, you know, Paunovic is, first and foremost, his hands are tied in the transfer market. He couldn't make those... Um, he can make you know invest in the squad and get a bit more depth, and that was at a time when there was obviously lots of injuries. There was moments in the season where you looked at the the bench and you thought, with all due respect to the players on the bench, there were a lot stronger benches across the league. So there was there's that aspect. There was probably a, an over reliance on certain players. I, I picked out Lucas Zhao for that because at the start of the season, you know, when he was in scintillating form, it was it was you know everything was rosy and perhaps some players hadn't stepped up in his, you know, in his space when when he went through the trough as opposed to the to the peak. Um, I think, as I said, you know, I'd said the injuries, especially to players like John Swift, Reading don't have another John Swift in their ranks. If he was there for two thirds of the season and out injured for a third of it, I suspect that Reading would still be in the hunt, whether, whether they'd be in the top six. I think that the season wouldn't be over. But there was also... Panovic did make some errors and it's it's important to remember, you know, it's his first season in this league, in this country, and he, he has done a really good job. He's exceeded the expectations if you take the season as a whole, but some of the tactical uh, choices, the substitutions, I think there's been a, a lack of urgency at times. There's been um, a lack of a, a plan B in the more gritty games. I think he's not been helped by certain players not rising to the occasion in such games and not going that extra, as I said, I don't want to make it an oversimplification, but sometimes you need to be willing to come off the pitch with a graze or two on your legs. You do need to be you know, willing to go that extra 10% to to secure a point and, or, or three points. That's not necessarily been there in abundance. I think the hype at the start of the season may have got to a few players. They might have started thinking, right, well, this is the, you know, this is where it starts and who knows where this just off the back of this you know, season where my future may lie and there may be a bit of a distraction there. And again, players like Omar Richards, you know, going to Bayern Munich, he's going to be distracted. Who wouldn't be? That's a completely understandable, but I don't think Panovic has been helped by that. I think there's a lot of, uh, you can't look at it as just a, you know, it, all everything went wrong at the wrong time. I think there's a lot of reasons why things just fizzled out, fatigue, yeah, I, I could I could go on for a long time as I did in the article if anyone's read it. Um, but yeah, there, there's been a, a culmination of issues. But any suggestions on, on my that I've seen that Panovic isn't the man to lead Reading forward is ludicrous. I, you, you, he's he's got the squad together. The he's the harmony in the squad is is there. He knows what the club means to the supporters. And I genuinely believe that people accuse him of just giving sound bites. I, I don't believe that at all. I think that he is passionate about the project. Um, I think he can, if he has every available, you know, weapon at his disposable, disposable, disposal, he can, um, you know, get running playing in a mouthwatering fashion. So, so I think there needs to be a, you can be frustrated, but any suggestion that a seventh place finish is, is a poor season, it's a frustrating end to the season, but overall it's not a poor season. Yeah, I completely agree. When you look at where we were when Paunovic took over to now, I, he, he has earned the, the next season. Um, yes, there are some question marks about stuff like substitutions. And to be fair, those have plagued him since Chicago Fire. I, I remember that a lot of their fans said the, the exact same thing. So maybe that's not a new thing. Um, 
he has been talking about building for next year. Um, it will be interesting to see how how much he's allowed to do of that, given Reading's financial situation. Yeah, I think it's going to be a, a busy a busy summer in one way or another. I think that obviously a lot of the players will have attracted potential suitors. There, I, I wouldn't go as far as to say there's going to be a complete upheaval, and you know, Reading are going to be stripped of every single one of their ass, uh, assets, but. Whether Reading are in the strongest negotiating standpoints when it comes to maybe rejecting lucrative bids, uh, I would be hesitant to say that I'd be positive that Reading could bat away uh, decent money if, if it came in. So it it could be a, an interesting season. It could be, um, or sorry, an interesting postseason. It, it could be a case of, you know, we might be looking at a a different squad. But then again, you know, we've seen that even if the money isn't available, I would say you look back over the last couple of seasons, for me, the two best signings, Michael Morrison and Josh Lawrence, and they were hard, you know, hardly cost a fortune, let's say. Um, so I think if Reading is smart, if Reading scout wisely, um, there's, there's still reason for optimism. And I, I think that, you know, players like, Signings like Josh Lawrence, signings that can solidify the squad, uh, would probably be more likely to be the ones that come in as opposed to the the big bucks, should we say? Yeah, I guess the 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 positive is that the foundations do seem to be there. Obviously, we might lose a couple of players, but in in the grand scheme of things, we're looking in a better position this season than we were at the end of last season. Uh, turning our attention to the match at Norwich, uh, they could be crowned champions this weekend, I think, if they win or, or what could fail to. Um, what are we expecting Panovic to set up like? Is, is he going to have that in mind and kind of just try and frustrate the Canaries? I think I would be disappointed personally if I saw that. It wouldn't surprise me if I saw that. But I think that, you know, Reading have got nothing to lose now. They, they, they've got absolutely nothing to lose. They should go there. And just try and express themselves. They should try and get back to the, maybe not the you know the level of performance that we saw at the start of the season because that's going to take some real doing. But they, I don't think setting up for a draw would be. I mean, put it simply, what would be the point? You know, and and Panovic has said that he wants to finish the season strongly. He wants to respect the, the competition, respect the fans. So I don't think there's going to be a, a case of you know Reading going there with. Uh, there will obviously be a, a lower amount of motivation. That's, you know, I think we saw that at the end of last season when, uh, you know, Reading were mathematically safe and it got to games. I remember, I think it was Swansea City on the final day and a lot of people were saying, you know, Swansea just wanted it so much more than Reading. And it, I did sit there and as much as I agreed with it, I thought, well, yes, obviously they have something to play for. That's just basic human psychology. So uh, as long as Reading, I think for me, go out and don't roll over. They they show signs that, of what, what we're all going to want to see when all of a sudden the games are meaningful again come come the start of next season. If we see that, I'm not expecting a win. If Reading played well and came out with a 2-3-0 defeat, to be honest, it doesn't matter. You know, put simply, it's, it's all about the performance and it's all about the players showing to the manager that, you know, now the pressure's off. They believe in him. They believe in you know what he's trying to do. And if we see that, I think that there'll be a lot of positives to take from it, no matter the result. Yeah. One final question before the score prediction. I know, obviously, Velko said that he wants to take the the 
league still seriously but do do we think that there will be more opportunities for youngsters and I'm specifically thinking of Dejan Tetek here who seems to be the closest one to breaking through yeah well I, I asked Panovic that post-match um again after the Swansea game and he said you know any any players that are in my squad are, are players that have earned their chance we don't give you know chances up to players who don't deserve it haven't shown me enough that being said, players like Tetek have been on the bench. So he clearly, you know, he, he clearly trusts players like Tetek and a few others. So I, I would hope so. I think that it, it would show again, it, it could give cause for optimism if, if Tetek you know comes in from the start and puts in a, a spectacular performance, all of a sudden that'll you know get a, a feeling of you know optimism going across the the supporters and yeah, so I think I don't. I wouldn't imagine the the lineup's going to be akin to what we saw against Luton. I think it was in the in the FA Cup when it was, you know, I think I, I was on the verge of getting a call up onto the subs bench on, on that day. Um, but I don't think I don't think it'll be unchanged. Yeah, sure. So as I say, final question: score prediction. Uh, Matt, I'll be honest with you. I've got absolutely no idea. <laughs> um, I think, I think Norwich will win. That they've got you know, quality throughout the throughout their squad and, and quality that on their day, even if Reading, you know, put in a performance, you would expect them to to get the win. I don't think it's going to be a rout. I don't think it's going to be going back. I can't remember how many years ago it was now when it was a seven-one. Um, hope not, at least, because otherwise that's going to be a long old drive home. But I think Norwich by either 2-0 or 3-1. That is basically exactly what I was going to say. I was actually going to say 2 or 3-0, so the, the one would be welcome. I think as long as we score, that would be nice. Uh, well, uh, that's it for another week. Obviously, only one game after this one, so the pain is almost over. Uh, <laughs> thank you very much for joining us again, Matt. Paul is actually taking over the second half of the podcast today and he's talking to Chris Reeve from Talk. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. And now with Chris, and there we are with Chris Reeve from uh, Talk Norwich City. And I have to admit, I've been to the pub, so maybe this will be a slightly bit drunken as that showed there. But Chris, uh, first of all, I have to start with the amazing fundraising that you've done through Talk Norwich City at the weekend. Absolutely incredible effort there. Is that over 23,000 you've now raised there for the council yeah. charity? Yeah, 23K. It's um, Look, it's what football should all be about, right? And and thanks to thanks to you for, for donating. It, it really means a lot. You know, I, I think from... From from an opposition fan, that that speaks a, a lot about the Elm Park Royals, and uh, I, I think I think that's as I say, it's what football's about. We're really proud of what we've achieved. Um, it's been a pretty dark time for for football fans, and so our primary focus this season has been on keeping fans company, which we were doing through our TNC watchalongs, and secondly, raising money for our official charity partner, Big C, who help. 
people um, and families affected by cancer in Norfolk. So it's a tremendous honour, and thank you for the thank you for that. I really appreciate it. No, no problem at all, Chris. Um, anyone listening to my podcast will know that my dad's going through cancer at the moment, and it's, well, it's obviously yeah. a horrible situation to be in. But let's get back to the football. Then Norwich are top of the league, champions elect. Um, absolutely, no doubt in my mind that they are going to win the league, Chris. Why do you think that they've managed to create this squad and this mentality from, I don't know, such a horrible ending to the Premier League last season, but they've moved on from it very quickly? I must say it's, it has surprised me a little bit. I didn't, I didn't expect this team to be this dominant in this league. Um, I was a little bit worried and um, I hold my hands up and be honest, you know, we, we waved the white flag in the Premier League. You know, our, you know, Project Restart came along and we we, we did really sink. Um, we, we didn't really put, it didn't seem as a fan that like we put up a, a fight. Yet this season in the championship, how Daniel Farker has rallied his, his yellow and green army has been nothing short of phenomenal and absolutely deserves the keys to the city. A hundred percent. I am so proud to be a Norwich fan. It's the best football we've ever seen in my opinion and I've seen obviously you know well ex- excluding um excluding league one I've, I've seen us us go into the Premier League three times now um so yeah that that speaks volumes it, it's full of talent it's full of grit it's full of determination the defense is shored up we're playing with with flair with prowess and in many cases this season we really have looked like a Premier League team so um, yeah, in all honesty, I would hold my hands up and say it has been somewhat of a little bit of a surprise. I knew we'd be in and around the playoffs, mm. but I didn't think we would just be that consistent. And we've just kept getting wins and wins and wins. And I, although I would say the quality in the championship this season has been slightly below where it has been in previous seasons, I wouldn't take that away from what we've achieved this season. I think it's been nothing short of phenomenal because a lot of people will a lot of people that, that that don't really understand the facets of Norwich won't understand that we're a family-run, community, self-sustaining football club. We haven't got a billionaire owner. We've got a chef that that, that absolutely loves the football club and and has and has spent all of like literally she's down to her last peanuts now. Bless her heart, Dina and Michael and Jones. So, you know, and a lot of people will now be listening to this going, well, what about those parachute payments? You know, we we've we've honestly only just started spending them. We we we've spent. Um, probably, well, we haven't even really spent that yet because we'll be spending it in the Premier League. We bought in Ben Gibson in January, Dimitri Giannoulis in, in January as well to bolster the squad for the Premier League. But in terms of the Championship, really, we've got Ollie Skip on loan, which is a hell of a signing, but we're not spent really a, a hell of a lot of money. The key, I think, to, to going on to win the league this season for, for, the, for, for the Norwich boys is been keeping hold of Max Aarons, keeping hold of Timu Puki and keeping hold of, of Emi. How we kept hold of Emi Buendia, for me, is a joke. He's a Champions League quality player in yellow and green pyjamas. It's as simple as that. I, I find it really strange to hear you say Max Ma, Max Aarons without saying Barcelona bound. <laughs> anyone who's watched, <laughs> watched your watch longs, which are absolutely <laughs> fantastic. Um, just, I mean... I will say this right now. Talk Norwich is the best fan site I've seen. Oh. It's just an incredible site. And I've taken a lot from it. A really brilliant site. But Norwich as a whole club, you look at Reading, 
and we're a mess financially. Absolutely. Um, there's no point disguising it. I can't put anything about it. I mean, I wish I could influence it, but I can't. When we're spending over 200% of our wages, that's not sustainable, Chris, is it? But how is it that Norwich have become so successful and the role that Stuart Webber has played is just immense, isn't it? I think I think having, you know, supporting a new, um, supporting a sustainable football, football club is 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 almost like the the new sexy in football it really is because morally it feels right for a, for a fan to support something that's that's self-funded that, that's not got foreign ownership just wanting to take the cream off the top it's put back into the club it's put back into the community um and yeah you're very right to highlight Stuart Webber our sporting director has has, has really massively changed the and not just Stuart Webber to be fair you know the, the whole of the North City top brass of have really changed the culture from within the club for, for well, since since they arrived, really. Um, and it has been phenomenal. And, you know, it's not just you guys that are in a, a potentially financial mess. You know, look at a club like Bournemouth. If they don't get promoted, big, big trouble. And there's many other clubs on the brink. So, you know, I couldn't be prouder to, to support Norwich at the moment, particularly with the greedy six and the, the, the Super League and all of that utter nonsense. So, yeah, look, I, I can understand why Norwich are, are a club of envy to many opposition fans, and I'm I'm very proud of it. Yeah, why wouldn't you be totally? I mean, come and support us if you want. Just come and support us if you want. You give up on Reading. <laughs> on, a, on a Reading FC uh, podcast, I'm not going to encourage that. At all. <laughs> yeah, I, anyone who knows it will know. I do have a little bit of a soft spot for Norwich. I'm not going to deny it at all. I, I love the place, Norfolk, uh, Clyde, Sawhouse, Blakeney, all lovely places. <laughs> but, but I would say looking at Norwich, if there's one kind of like game that stands out for me, you're going to pick out the 7-1 probably when you beat us. And for me as a Reading fan with a Norwich supporting girlfriend, oh, the journey back from when we beat you 2-0. <laughs> No, no, and sent you down to League One, Chris. <laughs> that was already done and dusted by then. Anyway, I wouldn't worry about that. I'm like, I, I, Norwich fans won't even won't even remember that because we 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 had already kind of succumbed to to League One by then. Um, I mean that. I mean, I'm not look that that seven one. I, I remember it well. Um, we, we'd already secured the playoffs, hadn't we? So for us, it was almost like a training game, and I mean that with all the love and respect in the world. And I think. Doesn't that just show that when when players are able to just have the freedom of the pitch and enjoy themselves, that is what happened. But you know, we we mustn't forget the the, the caliber of players that Norwich had in that team. You know, we had Alex Pritchard when he was actually really really good. We had Wes, prime Wes who well I say prime Wes was always in his prime, but Wesley Houlihan still in that Norwich City side. Um, we we had so many quality players then that that were almost like. They were playing for their futures as well. It was a very, very, very special side. Um, yeah, so it's a great. It was a great game. It was a crazy game. That that one. Um, I believe it was like what six one at half time or something like that. It was. Sorry, sorry to mention it. Sorry to mention it. Oh, but, I, I was at a barbecue. I wasn't there at the game. Good choice. Good my choice. girlfriend was absolutely unbearable, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Good on her. I Good was on. looking at my phone. And I was thinking, no, that that that's not right. <laughs> That'd be right. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, in the stands, I remember it very well. It was a, uh, it was, you know, those days in football come around like barely ever, and and it's one of those one of those wins that that. I'll always remember. I remember the sun was beaming down on Carrow that day. 
And I remember having a picture with my feet up in the seats at half time. And the sun was down and we were 6 1 up at half time. And it was, but truth be told, I, I don't know what, I have no idea what happened that day to, to Reading because they were an absolute shambles. But obviously things have changed since then. And, you know, I'm sure we'll, we'll move on, you know, to, to, to this season. Um, I've been very impressed with Reading and very surprised in a really non patronizing way as well because. You think about the the caliber of teams and the and 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 the the amount of money invested in teams now. I've been impressed with Reading this season, and I must admit, um, if I was a Reading fan, I would be desperately disappointed that you've bottled the playoffs because you 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 absolutely had it in your hands. Yes, I did notice how you said bottled it there, Chris. basically, I know we've picked up nine points from the last nine games, and it's a real. I don't understand how we've done this because we have got the players we've shown over the rest of the season, yeah. but all of a sudden the form has just collapsed. And it's not just down to the fact that we've got a smaller squad than a lot of other teams in the Premier League that have come down like yourself. You yeah. have the luxury of the brilliant squad that you have in midfield in particular, mm. but I don't know why it's happened so much. I think it's just a mentality situation with Reading and I don't know if it's going to change. I hope so going forward, but if you could pick one player historically from Reading, Chris, who would you go for that you'd love to see in Norwich at some point now or in the future? Well, there's, there's, there's two. I'm, I'm going to start with saying, did Shane Long once play for you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I really, I've, I've always, I've always liked Shane Long, always liked Shane Long. But the player that I would say, who of course is a Norwich City and Reading legend is Jamie Curiton. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would have had Jamie, I would have had Jamie back. Just give us Jamie back. Um, I think, I think you know he he was a he was such a tidy player. You know we've mm. we had the privilege of, of interviewing Jamie Curiton on our Talk Norwich City podcast, and in terms of a goal scoring, let like literally still playing now. Like what an absolutely fantastic player! And I'm sure Reading fans that, that will be watching and, and listening to this now will will agree that you know Jamie Curiton for you guys were, was absolutely brilliant, and Jamie Curiton for Norwich City was also absolutely brilliant so you know I, th I think we're very very lucky that that that, that mutual connection through Jamie Curiton I think we're very blessed to have had um you know such a fantastic striker and also top top man as well play for both our football clubs yeah I spoke to Jamie Curiton um I asked him face to face which club do you prefer Jamie is it Reading or Norwich and he went I just can't say yeah but do you know what that means that means Norwich yeah, I, don't go there, Chris. No, I think it is Reading. Don't even go there. <laughs> no, no. I mean, it's going to be a really tough one at the weekend at Carroll Road. Obviously, you can't get our points record total of 106, can you, Chris? I mean, I know that Jack was very keen on getting 100 points, but you can't do that anymore, can you? <laughs> we gave it large. We gave it large. <laughs> I must admit, you know, that of course, I'm not going to hide and say I'm disappointed. Like I wanted to beat your records, you know. I, you know, you know what I think of Reading, um, I, I, and I'm and I'm a, and I'm a little bit frustrated that we didn't that we didn't get our record. I'll happily hold my hands up and admit to that. But what I will say is, I thought if I was a Reading fan, I'd be really embarrassed at the club's Twitter account tweeting saying you'll never beat our record or something like that was really tin pot like that. Come on, like be honest. That That is the definition of tin pot. And I'm happy to get abused for that. Um, but, but what I must say is 
I totally respect and give full kudos to Reading for achieving that record. That is some record, and it's going to be incredibly tough to beat and fair blooming play. I just felt that the tweet was a bit too hot. <laughs> it was too hot. I'm not. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> maybe, maybe you're right, Chris. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a trophy, is it? Do you know what I mean? It's no, no. But when you've never won any trophies of any significance, Chris, you hang yeah. on to them. <laughs> well, you've won the championship that season. Uh, but yeah. no, honestly, honestly, what what I've realised through what we've achieved this season is I'm saying that Norwich have been so dominant this season. I'm saying that this is the best Norwich team we've ever seen this season. So, Reading fans, I totally, totally get why that 106 is so impressive. That is an incredible achievement, incredible achievement. And with without sounding patronising and condescending, for a club like Reading or for a club like Norwich to achieve that sort of points total, that's that's a big, big achievement. So fair play, fair play and play for that record. Yeah, it is really hard to keep that mentality going, isn't it? I think that's the big thing. Because as you've seen with Norwich, they've lost two games after they got promotion. I mean, they were against teams in very good form. It's not easy to do, is it, at all? No, it's not. really difficult. Yeah, no, you're very right. It's not. I I think there is always an element of like, when you get promoted early on, like Reading would have done. That's what I'm really impressed of, um, you know, that, that with, with Reading. They would have obviously been promoted really, pretty pretty early on to, to, to do that. So... Uh, you know, maybe maybe it's different um, than what it is these days. But um, yeah, because obviously time has gone on and, and the sport has progressed in terms of sports science and and physical health and everything like that. But I, like, look, Norwich got promoted um, again and got on the beers big time, and deservedly so. Honestly, I want I want the players to get smashed when they get when they get promoted to the Premier League because they deserve to have a beer. They've they've worked so hard, so. I'm not frustrated as a Norwich fan. Of course, I'm a, I'm a bit tinged that we didn't get that Reading record, but we're, we're promoted. And, you know, if you'd said to me at the start of the season, Chris, you know, you'll go up in second place, I would have accepted it. If you'd said to me, you'll go up through the playoffs, I would have accepted it. So to be in our position, you know, is, is absolutely phenomenal. Yes, we'd swap places with you, Chris, right now. A hundred percent. Get that automatic spot and get it sorted. I mean, the playoffs for Reading is absolutely brutal. Uh, it's not enjoyable at all. Um, Watford are probably going to go up. I think, I mean, this is not a little bit negative for an end of a Reading FC podcast, but I think realistically, I think most Reading fans would agree with me that Norwich are going to probably beat us on Saturday. I'm going to go for a 2-1 win to Norwich. What's your prediction, Chris? Yeah, I agree. I wouldn't. I wouldn't often come on a. Look, and I know I'll get some stick for this, and this will get clipped up, and people will give me stick if it goes wrong. But you know what? I don't care. I'm at the point where I know just how good this team is, and you know the the, the, the way we played against QPR, we are sharp. So for me, Norwich is three, Reading nil, easy win. Oh, you just put it out there, aren't you? <laughs> if this gets picked up, fair play. I'll be honest. Because because what have Reading got to play for? Playoffs is gone. No. You no. know, I genuinely, genuinely believe that Norwich want to wrap the league up on Saturday. And I think that we will. Yep. And my girlfriend's going to be unbearable. So. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> so cheers. Thanks a lot for joining us, Chris. Uh, I really enjoy that. Um, if you haven't followed Talk Norwich City, you really should. Absolutely fantastic side. Cheers. Cheers, guys.